Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. We are the digital media channel of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, bringing you news of the Catholic faith as it's lived out here, and thanks to our partner, Catholic News Service, across the nation and the world. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, great to have you back in the studio. I'm so glad to be back, Gina. We are not in our studio. Our studio is on the road today. We are actually here at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. We are joined by Gregory Miller, also known as Greg Miller, right? Let's not be formal. We're all friends. Greg, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to have you here. What year are you in the seminary? I'm in second theology, which is the seventh year for me. Right. Great. And where are you from, Greg? I'm from Sacred Heart and Royersford. Okay. Chester County, right? Montgomery. Montgomery County. I should... Oh, wait a minute. I knew that. I'm sorry. I'm right on the edge. Yeah, right down 422. Yep. Yeah. You go past the Trooper Road exit where I am and two exits more, you're up in Royersford. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I was kind of almost right there. Yeah. It's funny. There's a lot of seminarians from Sacred Hearts here. Well, you can't go wrong with a parish named Sacred Heart. Indeed. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, Matt, what is the gospel for this, the fourth Sunday of Lent? This gospel is one of the most beloved stories that Jesus tells. It's from Luke 15, verses 1 to 3 and 11 to 32. It's about the prodigal son. And this beloved gospel um, is a family story. I think that's why it resonates with a lot of people. But Jesus told it in response to the religious leaders of his time complaining. And so he told them a story to try to talk about the kingdom of God and the mercy of God. So, Greg, um, I, you know this gospel probably before you entered the seminary, and you've been hearing it for many years, and now you're preaching about it. So what can you tell us about it? Yeah, this is—so we hear this gospel a lot, or it's easy to remember. And um, so when I was preparing for this, I thought, well, what does the word prodigal actually mean? And um, I ended up looking up the word, and it means like an extreme— an extreme or profuse uh, waste. And so it's easy to see that in the son and how he asked for the inheritance from his father and then he goes and spends all of it, the entire inheritance. But it, it's interesting. We, we also kind of see that in the father and just how merciful he is to the son and, um, and especially how the father has no doubts when he sees his son. He's not thinking, oh, well, maybe my son's not sincere. Maybe he's going to ask for more money. He has no doubts and he just gives everything back to him. He gives him his dignity. He puts on a robe, a fine, you know, a fine robe and a ring. He just wants his son back. And so that, that's a really major and beautiful part of the, the father. And the, the thing that strikes me is that the father sees the son at a great distance before the son even realizes that the, he's being observed. So the father rushes out to him yeah. and he's even more lavish with all that is the the gifts that he has. Yeah, exactly. How much time do you think the father wasted mm. looking for his son? He was just waiting for his son to come back. And so just the joy that uh, the father had when he first saw his son is just immense and he just wants him back. You uh, you also raise an interesting thing. If you're talking about uh, this lavish and extreme, uh, we're talking about the young son and the father, of course, being prodigal with his, his own wealth. But if you're talking about the idea of waste, couldn't the older son also be seen as wasting the opportunity that he's been given because it's almost like he takes it for granted. Yeah, right. It, it's, it's easy for us when uh, we're always in this relationship with God to uh, kind of be jealous of somebody who has maybe like a, a spiritual experience or, or, you know, just little ways that uh, jealousy can creep into our lives. And we just don't recognize that it's really God acting in these other people. 
and just how beautiful that is. And just we should we should rejoice with them as a community rather than being uh, jealous or, or on the outside because the father wants his other son. He wants both of them back together. And uh, and that's that's what that whole conversation is at the end there. And that really does seem to be kind of, if you will, the the sour note amid all the rejoicing, then there's the son, the bitter and, you know, hard hearted in many ways. And and yet a lot of people can relate to that. I think we relate to that more than we realize unconsciously in life. You know, we, we say, well, I was the one that went to my job and you're the one that kind of gallivanted all over the world and did what you want when you wanted it. And huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, I think what's interesting is that at the end, you don't know how the older son chooses. You don't know if the older son, because it ends on the father's final words. So talk a little bit about why do you think maybe Jesus set the story up that way? Yeah, it's interesting. So I think one of the things that helped me understand this is that this is coming to us in the context of the fourth week of Lent. You know, we're halfway through. Um, we're over halfway through of our, you know, our Lenten practices. And it's easy to maybe, you know, get brought down with what we gave up and everything. We can be angry. But what the gospel gives us with this is um, a kind of a breath of fresh air because we can be so brought down with, you know, in the middle of Lent, we're always running into our own faults and that sort of thing. But then with this gospel, we, we're kind of given another a, a breath of fresh air and how we're invited back into that relationship with the Father because we see this great outpouring of his mercy. And so why can't God the Father have that for us, right? And he does have this for us, and he just wants us to be close to him. And that's the goal of our Lenten practices. It's just to kind of, you know, die to ourselves and uh, become closer to God the Father and, and Christ. You know, what's interesting, too, I think, is that we can probably be both of those sons in different areas of our lives. Would you agree that, you know, there's some oh, issues yeah. on which you are the, the prodigal son out there, and then some you're, you know, the one at home and <laughs> wondering, hey, I'll get this, you know? Yeah. So this gospel, it's asking us the question, like, all right, you're halfway through. Now, do you want to continue in the misery of, you know, kind of just fighting these uh, temptations on your own or something like that? Or are you going to let God enter into your life like the prodigal, like he entered into the life of his prodigal son? And so it gives us that choice kind of, I think. And so, it, yeah, it leaves. We don't know what the other son did. And that's that's the same question for us. Are we are we going to enter into that relationship and rejoice with the father and the other son? Or are we going to continue fighting on our own? And I find it that the very last lines of this story are just so striking that the father says about the young son, he was lost and has been found. That passive voice has been found. It's God, or in this case, the story of the father who's doing the action. So God is doing the action for us. He's doing the finding, right? It's not our own merits and our own action that's going to win the day here. It's that reliance on the father and letting him do his father thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So the father's looking for him. The father brings him his, his robe. He puts the ring on him. The son just had to be there. He just had to be present to the father. And he, and he just wanted to be with the father. And it's the memory of the father when he's feeding the pigs and he thinks of what it was like in the father's house. So as you said, Matt, you know, the father was in his heart still, you know, even though he had essentially told his father to die by claiming the inheritance, correct? I mean, that's what it was. As yeah. if you said, give me my inheritance now. It's like, you're out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't say that to a lawyer and you're saying it to your own relative, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're basically telling him that, you know, you're dead to me. 
give me what's mine, what's due to me, and I'm going to leave. Yeah. What do you think that someone listening to this, you know, in church, what should they walk away with? What do you, what would you hope they would take home with them? Take home the idea of God always searching for you and, you know, and always out there looking for you and wanting you to turn to him just to look back at him and that sort of thing. And just by that turning back to God in the midst of our, our, our days and, you know, and however boring or joyful they might be, just turn back to God and then just accept whatever he gives you because he's going to be abundant in, in all of that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you for unpacking this beautiful story of mercy. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to hearing from you again soon and in the pulpit one of these days. And in the meantime, thank you for sharing these thoughts with us. And please be assured of our prayers on your journey through Lent and to the priesthood. Yes. Thank you, Gina. Matt. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Greg. You've been listening to CatholicPhilly.com from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Thanks so much to our publisher, Archbishop Nelson Perez, our editor, Matt Gambino, to our seminarians, to you, our listeners, and of course, to our Lord, without whom none of this would be possible. You can find us online at CatholicPhilly.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CatholicPhilly. I'm your host, Gina Christian, and until next time, may God bless and keep you.